0: Well, I hope that you're finding these sunny days and warmer temperatures an encouragement that spring is coming and the threat of winter will soon pass. This week's question for the pastor takes us back to December 2023 and a very disturbing display that was allowed to be set up in our capital's rotunda. And a man who went in and tore it down And the question revolves around that action, was it right? Was it justified? Well, I'm going to respond to that, and I'm going to share some announcements. It's Wednesday, February the 21st, 2024, and this is your Midweek Connection. as it relates to the announcements, number one, lost and found. Now we've collected a number of items that people have left here at the church, or perhaps we could say who that they have lost those items. And those items would include gloves and jackets, Bibles. There's even a single bifocal lens from a pair of glasses. <laughs> I would think someone would know they've lost a lens. Well, Our lost and found area is located in the middle of the coat rack area that is adjacent to the uh, restrooms. So I ask that you would please go there and check it out if you think you might have lost an item because in two weeks, those items are going to be donated and they'll no longer be available. So if you want to grab your lost item or verify that Uh, You have or haven't lost an item, you might want to go by there this coming weekend to see if anything that belongs to you has been left there. Number two has to do with Elder Deacon Affirmation, which is coming up this Sunday, both prior to and following our worship gathering. Now, this is for members of TMC to reaffirm or to affirm for the first time men being put forward to serve in positions of leadership in the church. Now, these men are not running against each other. So, it's not like if you vote for one, you're voting against another. If you believe that all of the men being presented should serve, then affirming that for each one is the appropriate thing to do. If you do not believe a man should serve, then to uh, not affirm that individual would be the thing to do. Now, part of our process of this whole leadership um, issue is asking the church body to consider men in the church who they think might be a good fit for leadership, either as an elder or a deacon, and then to uh, let the present leadership know of these men that you feel should be considered. So, so looking toward the 2025 season, uh, I would ask you to consider men that you think should be uh put forward to be considered for leadership. And in the in January 2025, that you let us know when we announce the 2025 nominating process or you can send your suggestions to me anytime and my email has been there on The screen. Finally, one of our members, Bob Bergstrom, passed away last week. He was 101 years old. Wow, what a home going for him. A visitation is planned for this Friday, February the 23rd, from 5 to 7 p.m. at Hamilton's funeral home on Westtown Parkway. And a celebration of life service is scheduled for Saturday, February the 24th at 11 a.m. at TMC. A luncheon will be held immediately following the service. Well, those are the announcements for this week. So, let's move on to questions for the pastor. Well, this week's question for the pastor comes from two members who ask a question concerning the display placed in the Iowa State Capitol by the Satanic Temple of Iowa this past December. Now, before I read their question and give my response, let me give you details about the incident. According to the New York Post, a spokesman for the Iowa State Police told Fox News that Michael Cassidy, 35, was arrested after allegedly tearing down the Iowa Satanic Temple's Baphomet display. I hope I said that right. Baphomet, I think, is the way to say it. And he was charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief. In a text message to Fox News, uh, Cassidy confirmed that he tore down the satanic display, which was erected by the group to represent their right to religious freedom. Cassidy said it was extremely anti-Christian, and that's why he tore it down. Well, the question is, did this man do the right thing? Do we as Christ followers have the responsibility and justification to do this, or was the person wrong in what they did? Well, that's a great question, so let's dig right into it, okay? First, as a point of clarification, there are those who call themselves Satanists who worship Satan, and then there is a group of people who do not worship Satan but are of a political group who advocate for any number of civil liberties they think need defending or promoting, and I'm told that the Satanic temple is the political group. They are the ones who are of a political persuasion, not of uh, a religious persuasion. I could be wrong, but that's what I've been told, so I I, I thought I would just throw that in. Anyway, my response to the question is this, that there are two kingdoms at play here. There's the world's kingdom, and then there's God's kingdom. So let's begin with the world's kingdom. I'm going to make some assumptions that I believe are accurate, and here they go. To the best of my knowledge, the state of Iowa has policies and or guidelines on who or what kind of displays can be placed in the state capitol rotunda. Now, given the fact that the satanic display was placed in the capitol rotunda and that no state official came to remove it, I will assume that the satanic temple of Iowa went through all of the appropriate channels and received official permission to put their display in the Capitol Rotunda. Now, if this is true, then we have to conclude that the display met the relevant criteria and was authorized to be there. Now, we can argue about whether or not the state of Iowa should or should not allow such a display, but the point remains that in December of 2023, the display was officially sanctioned to be there. So, in this context, I would have to say then that Mr. Cassidy was certainly wrong in taking it upon himself to dismantle a display that the state of Iowa allowed. He was, in fact, breaking the law by doing damage to a display no matter how offensive it was to him and you know when we think about this we have to ask what could mr what could have mr cassidy done instead of tearing the display down well he could have filed an official complaint about the appropriateness of the display he could have called for the applicable offices and or officials who authorized the display to be called into question and sought through legal means to have any such authorization revoked or removed. He could have hired an attorney and sued the state of Iowa to have the criteria changed so that such displays cannot be authorized in the future. He could have called the Christian community to gather around the display to pray, to sing sacred songs heralding the birth of Christ, to hold a protest, if you will, communicating why such a display should not be granted in the public square. You know, there are many legal things Mr. Cassidy could have done, but taking matters into his own hands to destroy a display that had, been, that had official permission to be there, well, no matter what, it was an act of breaking the law. And in that context, he was wrong and thus he was arrested for destroying property so that's the world's kingdom and their laws and how things work now let's turn from the world's kingdom to god's kingdom okay now we know that uh, what might be wrong according to man's law may actually be authorized by god's law in other words what i'm saying is is that when push comes to shove followers of christ are to obey him rather than man when the two kingdoms collide. Now, before I get any further, let's refresh our memory of the question asked. And here it is. Do we as Christ followers, and that right there is, is, is the key contextual issue, do we as Christ followers have the responsibility and justification to do this, i.e., to destroy the satanic display that had state authorization to be in the Capitol rotunda. Again, as I said, the key contextual issue is defined by the words, Christ followers. You see, being a Christ follower is all about following Christ, following him in his teachings or in his actions. So, Jesus lived in a time and a place in which idol worship was rampant, even among some of the Jews. On any given day, he would have likely walked past a temple or a statue or some other kind of display that was satanic in its origin. That being the case, where do we find him destroying such a place or display? Truthfully, we don't. To my knowledge, there is no example of Jesus ever teaching his disciples to do such a thing, nor do we find him doing such a thing. The only action from Jesus that comes remotely close is when he drove the money changers and the merchants out of the temple, that being God the Father's temple. The first act Is recorded in John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, right after his first recorded miracle of turning water to wine at a wedding feast. And the second is recorded in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, which occurred after his triumphal entry to Jerusalem, just days before his crucifixion. What we find is that when the Father's temple was being disgraced, Jesus took aggressive, some would even say violent actions, to remove such blasphemy from the temple. But he never did that to those temple, shrines, or objects that were of Satan or of the state. Now, the book of Acts records the ministry of the apostle Paul and it records an incident when he was in the city of Athens. So let's take a look at verse 16. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. You know, everywhere that Paul looked, there were idols, all of which have their origin in Satanism and his spirit, it said, was provoked. I looked that word up in the Greek, and it means angered, irritated, distressed. So Paul found himself angry at what he saw. He was irritated by what he saw. So what did he do about it? Well, verses 22 and 23 tell us. Verse 22, so Paul, standing in the midst of the Aragopolis, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And if we continued reading, we would find him proclaiming to them whom they called the unknown God, the God he knew to be the true and living God. So, Paul. Paul was angered by the many idols to false gods. Ultimately, these false uh, gods are uh, tied to Satan. But instead of tearing them down, he used the idol dedicated to the unknown God to tell them about the one true God. Instead of letting anger rule him and direct his actions, he allowed the Holy Spirit to fill him and use him to proclaim truth in the midst of error. So, someone says, well, Pastor Mike, what about the Old Testament prophets and or kings who tore down idol worship sites, the Asherah poles and such? Were they wrong? Well, no, they weren't. And there's good reason why they weren't wrong. Number one, they were not wrong because they were authorized by God to do it. And secondly, these idol worship sites and displays were in the land of Israel, which God claimed particular ownership of, just as he did the Israelites themselves. themselves. You see, the Old Testament prophets destroyed them in the land belonging to Israel, thus to God, but they did not go into other nations or countries or lands to do it. So, based on these things, I believe that Mr. Cassidy was wrong in both the kingdom of the world and its perspective and the kingdom of God and its perspective to destroy the satanic display of in the Capitol rotunda of Iowa. In other words, he was not following a biblical directive or example, but more likely he was following his own anger generated by the blasphemous display. And it was blasphemous. And it should generate a holy anger. But in our anger, we are told in Scripture, Not to sin. And when we act out in our flesh, in our anger, then we are sinning. And from all that I can gather about this incident, it was fleshly anger that motivated Mr. Cassidy's actions. Now, if such a thing should happen in the future, I would think that instead of a person taking it upon themselves to destroy an offensive display, we might want to think about doing the following. Having Christians gather around the display each day that it's on display to pray, to sing, to read Scripture, to pass out Bibles, or perhaps to petition those who have authority over such displays to rethink the suitability of a satanic display on capital grounds. My guess is that if a Nazi group wanted to erect a display in the Capitol Rotunda that attempted to deny the Holocaust or to cast it in some kind of positive light, it would have been denied. In the same way, a display that celebrates Satanism is grossly offensive to the majority of the citizens of Iowa and should never find a place in the public square Of our state. But despite that, I don't find in Scripture where, in this kind of a context, we have a direct command or a suggested command or even an example that would tell us that it would be okay for us to march into the public square and tear down a display that had been authorized to be there, authorities. Uh, that be. Well, let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I um, am grateful for this opportunity to talk about this topic and Lord uh, for the examples that you show us in Scripture of, of how to deal with such a thing. Lord, I pray that you would help us who follow you to think through these kind of issues from a biblical perspective, not just an emotional perspective. Yes, we hate Satanism. Yes, we do not want to see any uh, display put up anywhere that promotes that or celebrates that. But at the same time, we have to understand that um, there are processes, there are ways to handle issues like this, and ways not to to do it. And I pray that if we should encounter this again in the future, that we would be more careful to um, find constructive, biblical, law abiding ways to express our displeasure um, over things such as this, and not to just express our anger about it, which really only plays into the hands of those who hate you and hate your people. Uh, Father, uh, we do live in a time when things are just kind of coming unglued, and I pray that you'd give us wisdom uh, on how to represent you correctly so that we do not bring any kind of a reproach upon your name. Uh, May we stand for what is right. May we stand against those things that are wrong in the proper way. And may you be glorified by our actions, and may others be benefited by it as well. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week finds us in Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, and the opening of the third seal of the heavenly scroll. I look forward to unpacking that with you, as well as joining together in fellowship and worship. Until then, God bless